everybody welcome to city girls pod and we're back <laughs> after our christmas hiatus and uh hopefully everybody uh had a good time uh listening to our recap of the first sex in the city movie with greg mcbride as part of our new year's special uh that was really fun and now we're here to talk about sex in the city too <laughs> <laughs> happy new yeah. year it was so great getting to chat with Greg and Sex and the City won, although, you know, it does have its things. It was an enjoyable movie. Uh, I've been excited, though, to dive into this one with you, Rachel, yeah. because there's just so much to say. Yeah, sometimes it is fun to talk about bad movies uh, in a podcast. So I actually can be some of my favorite yeah. uh favorite episode just because it's interesting why something doesn't work sometimes just as much as it's interesting why something does work yes yeah i agree especially when it's laughably bad rather than boring bad yeah 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 so how was your holidays did you have a good holidays Jax? it was great it was very chill i got to go home and see my family in pennsylvania for a few days and then i was in the city kind of just hanging out and hanging with my cat how about you rachel yeah, it was good. I still feel like I'm recovering <laughs> from from it was intense. Wait, I figured out we did 36 interviews just in uh, the holiday season. That's yeah. so many. Yeah. So many. <laughs> yeah, so all many edited interviews. by me, all prepared by me. Like I have to get ready for it. And uh, um, there was one interview I didn't do but everything else I did what would you say is the average you're sleeping a night <laughs> not much I, I well I, but that's partly because I'm insomniac and I struggle yeah I was good <laughs> perfect job for you yeah I guess so <laughs> uh but uh, yeah it was a lot a lot of work uh plus is because the thing is it's not for me during uh, the holidays, not only am I watching all these Christmas movies, because I watched 128 uh, to prepare to talk about them too, um, but also I have to watch all the Oscar screeners because we vote for Utah Film Critics Association and the other film groups I'm in. We vote for our favorites uh, and we have our awards. Uh, that one was um, Utah Film Critics. I had to have everything watched by the 13th for nominations. And then we did our award on the 17th. So it's like, I have to watch all these Oscar screeners and these Hallmark movies. It's just a weird life that I lead. <laughs> yeah. The juxtaposition and also the fact that the busiest seasons fall at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. So anyway, uh, I'm glad to get back to the normal schedule and uh, to be talking uh, some sex and city uh, it's like Oscar caliber movie, right? Sex and City. Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Sex and City two, it was released in two thousand and ten, and I think that's actually part of the problem, is that, uh, it, you know, we had the the housing crisis in two thousand eight, the uh, where the stock market. Uh, was hit by the by the high rate loans that they were doing uh and so this so that was when the first movie came out now it's two years more into the recession and a lot of the things that maybe might seem charming uh when 
the first movie even came out now it just felt really sour to people if you want to have a laugh mark uh Kimode on uh he's a uk critic his rant about sex in the city too is pretty funny <laughs> you check it out on him well, um, yeah on uh on uh youtube but uh but yeah it really uh i think it got a bunch of razzies and it just wasn't received well this movie um and i think they made a lot of mistakes i don't know what quite they were thinking but uh uh they the first part is kind of them the the beginning is probably better than the last 45 minutes uh when they're you know they've got the wedding and they're trying to they're sort of seeing whether where their life is and what's going on but once they go off to abu dhabi it's rough well on it to be perfectly honest Rachel I had seen this before and like you know it's notoriously horrible and I remembered being like oh this is so problematic but I will say that watching it now I was surprised that I did actually enjoy the first you know half hour when they were going to the wedding when Liza Minnelli singing yeah there were things I liked about the first part but I think I was so horrified by the rest of it that I had <laughs> blocked out the good things yeah yeah I think that that's true um also this is so weird because this uh is not currently on HBO Max it's the only Sex in the City thing um but it, I started to watch it on Saturday on Christmas Eve on Netflix and then uh I went to to start watching it again the the next day and it was gone off Netflix so it's currently Wait. Yeah, so it's currently not on any streaming service. <laughs> That's so funny because I thought, I texted you, I thought I watched it on HBO Max. But I don't know, maybe, I don't know where I watched it then because I watched yeah. it Friday. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, So I had to rent it. <laughs> oh. Maybe I just got unlucky. I, I don't know. But <laughs> to finish you watching it. day to watch this. Yeah. So <laughs> that's weird. Uh, also, this movie does not need to be two hours and 25 minutes. Like, why on earth? They uh, should just... It was so overstuffed with things. It's like, it, and just so cringe after cringe yeah. after cringe. Yeah. And so we start out with, uh, we get a little backstory of the girls, which was interesting. I'm very curious if they will hold to this as canon in the Carrie Diaries. Yes. I was wondering the same thing, Rachel, because actually I thought this opening was really adorable. I thought it was cute. Because they say that uh, she arrived in New York in June 11, 1986. And then, uh, and then she met Charlotte the next year. And she met Miranda in 1989. So, uh, yeah, and she met Samantha when she was bartending at C CBGB's. Which it was interesting to picture Carrie as a bartender. I thought it was Samantha who was the bartender. Oh, maybe that's why I was like, oh, that makes much more sense. I was like, what was Car But also like, what was Samantha, Samantha doing bartending? Also, yeah, maybe I yeah I'd have, I'd have to listen to it again to no say, i think you're right that makes yeah. more sense yeah and i don't i mean i think the wedding is fun but i don't really like that they picked stanford and anthony because they really did hate each other and they say that in the they said oh they hated each other but they're like the last gay men 
left so they were like let's get married and I was like what <laughs> I think that that would have been a more interesting thing is if they just realized that they became friends and liked each other because I don't they didn't have that will they won't they like oh we hate each other like it, it yeah. wasn't that game to lovers thing it was like they're not attracted to each other and they didn't like each other it seemed like um so I think I would have liked to have seen them reconcile and become besties but I don't think they just needed to marry them off with each other yeah it was weird I didn't like that and uh and then they have the the wedding uh, it is very over the top. They have this gay men's chorus there singing if, if ever I would leave you and other Broadway songs. And uh, and they also say, so supposedly they, uh, they're getting married, but Anthony's al- allowed to cheat from the beginning, which just felt like this is a very happy ending for Stanford. Well, actually, so... I thought this was interesting. And I think the something that feels very freeing about queer relationships is that it's, you really get to set the rules in a way that's not like sort of governed by our patriarchal standards. I mean, any mm-hmm. relationship can set the rules, but I think that some people are very happy in open relationships and it doesn't work for other people, but it didn't seem like, Stanford was really too excited. That's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but he, it, it didn't seem like Stanford was in on, it was for that. And so he seemed awkward and I don't know. I just, that was the miss for me in the wedding was why pick Anthony? Why not have somebody else? Like, why not have him marry the actor guy that he was dating? You mean the hot actor yeah, guy? Right. <laughs> well, which is all yeah it, it's a very interesting thing I thought it was that line was kind of cute and funny though when he's like oh he's only allowed to um only in the states that their marriage isn't legal because at the time marriage the gay marriage was only legal in I guess it was yeah I forget where the t- what the timeline was like because obviously yeah. there was proposition eight in 2008 um in California but I'm not sure where you know when it all broke down yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you that it doesn't seem like Stanford's too thrilled about that. And I was also wondering if maybe Anthony, it's like the idea of being able to be with other people, but less about actually wanting to, because especially mm-hmm. they never thought they'd be able to get married, you know, especially when they grew up, it was never a thing that they thought. So yeah, I thought that that was interesting though. The I thought the wedding was fun in that, like Carrie looks adorable in her little tux. We get yeah. to see like Nelly rocking it. We get to see all the girls and their dates at the wedding. Like it was quite an extravagant mm-hmm. affair. And I have to say, Steve looked good. I've always liked Steve, but I thought he looked really good. And they were like clearly in love with each other, which was so refreshing to see. I'm like, can I leave them there? at that Rachel, spot I really want you to find your Steve because I see you with like a Steve type I'm ready I'm ready I mean like a Steve type let me be very clear a Steve type now not what they turned Steve into yeah like, you need someone that's cooler than that yeah but, <laughs> old Steve yes ho 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 we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the Hallmarkies Patreon Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? 
If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. And so <clears throat> there's um, Anthony's brother, Nikki, at the wedding that uh, hits it off with Samantha. Um, let's talk about Samantha. So in this movie, they there's a term called flanderizing. Uh, have, you heard, have you heard that term? Yeah. Okay. So flanderizing is from Flanders on Simpsons where a character that originally maybe had some nuance is just sort of a one note character that all it is is like in his case religion he's a religious guy Mm -hmm. that's it and uh, and i feel like that's what they've done with samantha's character in this movie like she is just only about sex all the time that's all she cares about and her hot flashes like that is it and in the show she she remember we talked a bunch of times that she was actually quite picky that uh and she would have relationships whether it was with richard or smith or whatever uh and so she there was something kind of like you never knew what to expect with samantha if she was going to be interested in a guy or not interested or like obviously she was a very sexual woman always but that wasn't her only trait yeah that episode of sex in the city where she is at the nightclub um with smith and she ends up going off with richard and then she comes down in the elevator and she's crying and smith hugs her i was like oh we're really seeing what made who she is and i feel like the writers kim control is a fabulous actor the writers could have taken her in a different direction and could have maybe had them experiment with an open relationship or see what it was like if she was committed to someone long-term. Like there are lots of directions that could have gone, but right now it's just sex and menopause, but even just the menopause is feeding into the sex thing. So yeah. you're right. it, it's very sad to see. And I really respect her as an actor for being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Cause I think even if there wasn't the personal issues, I I don't blame her for not coming back because they just kind of ruined her character. I mean, she, she was somebody, especially in the Abu Dhabi scenes where she's so clueless to the world around her. She was a PR person. She's, she's, she's somebody who is very aware of appearances and how things look and, and, uh, you know, kind of fitting in and everything like that. So she would know kind of how to behave. 
That's a really good point, Rachel. And it's like, she's saying things that are so over the top offensive that Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense for her as a career woman to be saying these things and doing these things. Um, It's so genuinely sad and upsetting that, like you said, even if there was no beef between her and Sarah Jessica Parker, I can absolutely see why you would say I'm not coming back for this. Yeah. I did think it was funny at the wedding when they sang Sunrise Sunset. That made me laugh. I thought that was funny. But I didn't really. I thought the the Liza, Liza was great. But her singing Single Ladies doesn't really make any sense. I mean, this is a wedding of two guys. Why are we singing Single Ladies? I'll tell you why, Rachel. They just decided to stuff every random thing in that they could. <laughs> Didn't matter if it made sense. They were like, oh, this will like be a good standalone scene. It was like, well, we'll get to it, but I'm woman, hear me roar. Like it was like every- oh, yeah. cringe. So no, they were looking for things to like put in the trailer. And it didn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. And it, that was a very let's see, that came out in 2008, I think. So that was a very like relevant kind of thing. Uh, and it just feels cringe now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I do, have you ever seen that uh, Twitter account where um, uh, it's, what is it? It's Liza Minnelli has outlived. Uh, and each day they post something that it's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's funny. <laughs> that something that it. Liza Minnelli has outlived. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no, but I have to go. We have this kind of back and forth about with Big and Carrie. And if you listen to that Mark Kermode rant, one of his sticking points is the fact that they just have like a bonus apartment for fun. Like what? (laughs) I mean, and they did carry that into it. And just like that, she still had the bonus apartment. Yeah. Which I mean- it's an interesting thing because they are very wealthy people and I do love the idea that Carrie has this like escape and like her old apartment is still there. Cause it's very like, um, it feels very like sex in the city, like early days that she can go there and write and do her thing. Um, and a lot of people with that much money would have like multiple homes. So that doesn't bother me as much, but I understand, especially like you're, we're talking about like during the recession, watching this, you're okay. Yeah. Just homeless people also. So it's like, yeah. And they're just like, it's hard to sell. It's not that hard to sell. Mm -hmm. I mean, what? Like, sure. Yeah. Moving's hard, but it's not, because not only you think about it, not only is she paying, uh, the, mortgage or rent or whatever but she has to pay for utilities she has to all that stuff has to be kept up so it's uh it's not like it's just sort of there something that was always and continues to be upsetting to me like in the last apartment building that i lived in there were nine units and so much of the time people were like at their other homes. And I would just think, oh my goodness, these apartments are sitting empty. And I thought of all the times when I was like desperate for a place to live and like living somewhere that wasn't that great. And I'm like, can you imagine like even just subletting your place? Like whenever um, 
we go away, I mean, now we have the cat, but we would always have someone stay in our apartment because it's like, if you, if anyone needs somewhere to crash, like I can't stand the thought of places sitting empty, especially yeah. in New York. Well, especially now when you've got Airbnb and stuff like that. Yeah. They didn't have that in 2010, but you still had subletting and things. And, uh, and so, yeah, that really, really rang false. And the, just the fact that they just treat it as something ordinary. I think that that's part of the problem uh, with this movie is that they don't, don't acknowledge their privilege enough, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is frustrating. And, uh, and also Carrie is very frustrating in this movie. Like her getting upset with big because he wants to watch some television at night. Like, and, and that she somehow thinks that a piece of jewelry would be better than this. Like what is basically a thoughtful gift. Like they enjoyed watching the movie on, uh, the, uh, on the night. And so they, he gets a television for her and she's like, so offended and so offended that he would want to watch television. I mean, what man, especially man, doesn't enjoy watching television at night? Like, I even my dad watches sports and stuff. Like, well, I, I mean, I think you and I are like two people that this just does not land with because I have a one bedroom apartment and there are three TVs. Right. Like, like yeah, I, yeah. I, TV in the living room, bedroom, and TV in the bathroom. And like, I love TV. So to me, okay, what we're supposed to believe about this is that she's saying it's like killing romance and it's killing sex. And I'm like, well, it's just like creating a different kind of intimacy. Like you said, Rachel, it wasn't actually a mindless gift. He didn't get her a vacuum cleaner or something. Yeah. Like, vacuum cleaner can be a great gift for some people but i'm saying for carrie it wouldn't be but he thought like you said rachel we enjoyed watching this it was a lovely thing we did together what's wrong with having a tv in the bedroom that was actually by the way the tv was able to be hidden during the day right yeah it was it was ridiculous it just made her super unlikable pretty much every like i've never been so on team big than in this movie well, good point. And yes, you know what I thought was interesting too? Because we all go through like phases in our lives, with our relationships. And and I know I'm someone who's been stuck in, in opinions and thoughts that are probably annoying to other people. But I thought the maddening thing about Carrie with this is she's saying something like, okay, we don't have enough of like passion, romance, and big won't go out. Then they go out and he's having a lovely conversation with um Penelope Cruz and um Carrie's like mad annoyed about that and I found an interesting thing with that with her with her being like oh I saw you talking to her and it kind of got my fire going I like being a little jealous but instead she was just annoyed so it's like everything he did was wrong you know yeah yeah and he's absolutely right about like hey I came to the event I did what you wanted me to do now why can't I just relax in my home? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've never been so team big than in this movie. Um, and you have basically big and Carrie at this uh, 
house or wherever they're staying and you have uh nikki and samantha being very loud and you have uh the babies rose and lily being very loud and uh and so they 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 think uh, which is worse the baby crying or the loud sex (laughs) which i did laugh at the line when she's like oh it's samantha because uh, the baby will tire out yeah yeah right (laughs) i have have a question for you rachel because there was it was a tiny scene but it annoyed me so much the scene with kelly o'hara who is a phenomenal actor yeah um, she's telling carrie how they're just alike and all these things and the reaction that she has when carrie says she's not having kids is just totally unbelievable like of course she was to do that and the thing is I understand like I'm someone who's not planning on having children and I'm not saying that you don't sometimes get reactions that are like oh okay but the way she went from being so warm to her to being like shut down rather than even like inquisitive or like oh really you're not having kids I don't blame Kelly O'Hara because she's phenomenal and clearly she did what they direct her to do. But I was like, this just is, it's so painting it with such in broad strokes. I hated yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and like, I totally mean this like in a complimentary way, but like, I think maybe it's more surprising for someone like yourself, who's so outwardly warm and nurturing and it just, that it's like oh okay that's that's cool um whereas like someone like carrie is it really (laughs) that big of a surprise that she doesn't has not going to have children yeah uh, thank you by the way for that and yeah i agree it's like do we ever think carrie bradshaw was like i want to be a mom yeah no she i would never like that would not be the first thing that i think of of like oh carrie bradshaw is especially considering she's like famous for being writing this single column that that would be like the first thing I think of oh she's she's gonna have children I don't know you just wouldn't Uh, so yeah that was a really awkward scene uh and it's kind of make makes Carrie sort of think of you know should they should they have children and Big says well because she goes away to her apartment for two days and uh and big basically says like we can make our own rules uh and uh so maybe that's a good idea i can do all the stuff that annoys you uh during those two days you can you know get do all the things you like and then we come back together um and it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks of that idea uh and uh i don't know i mean i think he has a point yeah so I do think he has a point. I think, as you were saying earlier, Rachel, like they're coming from a great position of privilege. I think you can find time for yourself, whether it's, you know, going to a coffee shop or, you know, whatever it is, going for a walk by yourself. You can have very independent relationships if you choose to but yeah I don't I don't I wasn't alarmed by what he did it made me sad though when he was like I can do all the things that annoy you and it's like oh yeah this marriage was hello I'm Hannah and I'm Katie and we have a podcast called one kiss means forever 
Do you love made-for-TV rom-coms? Are you obsessed with Hallmark and all the Hallmark-inspired copycats that have come out on other platforms like Netflix? And while being obsessed, do you know that these are not what one might call quality films? <laughs> if so, come listen to our podcast. Each episode, we discuss one movie that did not have a theatrical release and always ends in a happily ever after. And how do we know it will end in a happily ever after? Because one kiss means forever, of course. So join us as we deep dive into each movie for about 45 minutes. Episodes drop every other Thursday, except during the very elongated Hallmark Christmas season when we join the Christmas craze and go weekly for about two and a half months. Bye! Bye. And yeah, we have also, we have the, so we have the big premiere um, and Carrie gives... They have their anniversary, and Carrie gives a big uh, Rolex, um, mm-hmm. which you know was was fine. But it's just this movie is just so materialistic. Like everything is weighed by uh, by some type of money or transaction. Whereas, like in the original show, like yeah, of course it was about uh, you know shoes and things like that, but. It was also about the relationship of these four women and intangibles like that that were important. And like Carrie wasn't completely devoid of any kind of uh, budgeting, you know, like remember when she has to ask Miranda and Charlotte for money for her apartment. Uh, So there was like some sense of finances. This is just now it's like, it really is kind of like, a fantasy as if like as if they're royalty yes that's exactly right rachel like it, it's as if they're royalty and like you can that's fine but i think that something i enjoyed about the series was that yes they lived in new york and it would take an ex- like an extravagant amount of money for them to live the way they did however it wasn't like they were living in that world, like that they were so rich. And even like Miranda moving to Brooklyn and, you know, Carrie having all the credit card trouble. There were at least kind of thoughts and discussions around money rather than them just floating through like this. Yeah. Well, we also have Miranda hates her job and uh, she she has this, uh, the senior partner who calling her at all hours texting her at all hours uh she's missing all this time with brady missing the science project and i do kind of relate to all of that i just wish that it had been handled in i don't know just felt like instead of it being some because i love an epic quit there's nothing i love more in a story like i love that like screw you all i'm leaving you know i love that but because they never really showed any kind of after effects of them dealing with losing the salary or, you know, anything that it did feel kind of entitled Yeah. when it should have been empowering. And we didn't actually get to see the quit, you know? Yeah, like, that's true. That's she true. She got to see her show up. And when she's like, I made it, I never make it. That was sweet. Also want to give a shout out to one of my Hallmark favorites. Neil Bledsoe has a little cameo there. He plays the partner that. Oh, uh, yeah. He and actually like 
feeling is a little like two lines, but what was really cool is that I actually got, you can see he's like a really good actor. Cause he's like, Oh, this was Miranda's case. And you could tell he's a good guy too. Yeah. Like he's playing. And I was like, okay, Neil Bledsoe, I see you. I like that. Yeah. So I don't know. That wasn't as empowering as, as well done as it should have done, been. And I, I, as a Charlotte, I have to say she is just not great in this uh in this movie i mean the idea that she'd be upset about that first of all that she's wearing a white vintage valentino skirt while making these bright red cupcakes with her children just makes no sense and that she gets mad at lily and i mean that is something that could definitely be cleaned off whether dry cleaning or regular cleaning depending on the clothing and you know it's like i get it like being a mom is hard period but uh, it's hard to feel sorry for her when she has full-time nanny two children and no other job i thought um the thing is i did think that kristen davis did a great job of really digging into some of the stuff here especially a little bit later on there's a great conversation with um cynthia nixon with miranda but I totally agree with you about like the vintage Valentino skirt and all that stuff, because I have worked for and have interacted with um, plenty of wealthy women and who were, you know, stay at home moms or moms in New York city. And they would never wear that to make stuff. Would they wear like expensive, like workout gear? Yeah. Like yoga Maybe pants they would have or something. The out. Exactly. Like they would still be like dressed up and looking cute and like doing a, like a thing. But like you said, like yoga pants and like a nice top and maybe still rocking the hair mm -hmm. and stuff, but they would not be wearing white vintage pants while they're in the kitchen. Yeah. Skirt. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> and, uh, and it just, made her again seem kind of entitled and you're just it's I, it's kind of interesting that I was I felt sort of surprised by how likable Charlotte was in and just like that and how she was the best character because I think I, the last time we saw her was in this <laughs> you know and I mean she's so and she was kind of judgy on this show of of people and how they live their life and uh she's definitely judgy of caring big and this idea of the two nights away she's not a fan of um uh, and uh and she does kind of admit that towards the end and i do agree that that conversation between her and miranda are is good at the end where they talk about like how do people do it without help it's a little condescending but like it is there's some truth there um but uh but uh and and i think when she gets upset in and is in the um pantry like it is a truthful moment uh it's just it's all surrounded by this materialism and you kind of have the bad taste in your mouth of her getting upset at lily for doing something totally normal yeah it's very tricky because she does manage to really we believe her and we believe that that character is going through something really difficult and like you said it's a truthful moment but it's all the stuff it's wrapped up in that makes it a little difficult mm -hmm. yeah and i also really was annoyed by 
how judgy they all were of Aaron, the uh, nanny. Oh, I mean, I love that character. Like, I love everything. Like, <laughs> like one who cares that she doesn't wear a bra. Lots of women don't. She seems like she is excellent with the kids. Yeah. Um, and just like a real support system for Charlotte also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Samantha who's the big, is the most judgmental of her just by her appearance. And you just think that these women would uh, be a little bit more accepting of, of all different kinds of women. Absolutely. And it's this whole thing that, I mean, I'm just like LOLing at that. You're like, oh, we're worried about the nanny with Harry. Number one, Harry would never do that. Right. Number two, as we learn, the nanny is a lesbian, but also I, I'm not believing that that woman would want to hook up with Harry either. Like, it just is so icky. Like, I, yeah. as yeah. someone who was a nanny for a long time, um, I remember one time someone I sat for briefly, like, was like, oh, yeah, a couple of my friends were saying, like, I shouldn't hire, like, a young person to watch my kids because of my husband and I remember her just telling me that was like oh like I I don't think of your husband in that way your husband doesn't think of me in that way it just felt so icky and cringe to even have that thought circulating around yeah like give the guys like a little bit of credit yeah I agree and uh and so yeah Carrie is writing this book on marriage which just feel like She's only been married for two years. Um, she really had a spot to be writing a book of advice. I don't know. Seems a little premature. Agreed. And something I actually did like about this that because of the reviews, but then also because of what she realizes about how she doesn't really know a lot about what it's like to be married. There is this thing of like, she went, she was just skimming the surface. Yeah. Like kind of a fluff book about being married when really it's like she is just learning what it is to be married and hopefully she'll get to a deeper understanding of that yeah and so yeah they go to the big premiere uh big doesn't want to but they go and samantha is wearing the same dress as miley cyrus and i feel like they didn't really milk that for the comedy that i was expecting they were just kind of like hugging and like, oh, great, we're in the same dress. Like I was expecting it to pay off a little bit more. Yeah, it didn't get a great payoff. Um, I didn't like how the woman in the store was like, oh, you're too old to wear that. Like, I just don't think that would happen. And also it's yeah. like, are we really going to play into this? Like, we, I don't know why we like play into this thing of like oh we're too old to this we're too you're not it's fine and well and especially that dress there was nothing about that that seemed juvenile like there are some looks where i was like where i'm like that that feels like a junior's look yes yeah why are you why are you wearing that you're uh, you're grown up um like (laughs) um so on on lifetime this season there's a movie with maria menounos that i hated it was terrible and no offense to her but it was obviously written for somebody who was like 20 she had this like gay roommate who was like her bff and i don't know just everything about it and remnus is 44 years old and so seeing her like they always they did all the stuff to make her seem younger like they put her in a like a ponytail and she was always like 
And I just really, it was not for me. It was called the ho- the holiday dating guide. And, uh, and so there are times when you're just like, you are not dressing your age. You are not, you look ridiculous. And you're trying to do a thing. Yeah. It makes you look older when you yeah. are wearing clothes that are designed for younger, you know? So anyway, there, that, that can, it can be a thing, but it wasn't really, uh, done well. I mean, it just wasn't, there was so much, I thought for sure she was going to like freak out or do something funny, but she didn't, I don't know. So that was weird. Uh, and you do have Tim Gunn there saying awkward times too. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah. Uh, and this is when the director invites Samantha to Dubai and uh and so she tells the girls and she says oh you're all coming even though charlotte's not sure about it uh they all insist and uh, that gets kind of gets to our second part of the of the uh of the movie <laughs> which the the first part's not perfect but oh the abu dhabi stuff which is it was stupid like well yes they would occasionally leave new york uh on the show and you know they'd been to like mexico and la and and if a few other they would go up to like the poconos or you know things yeah. like that but uh the they I don't know, like the heart of the show is them in New York City navigating New York City. So for them to go to Abu Dhabi just really doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. Yeah. And then for her to run into Aiden was just super cringe. I felt like they did that whole thing just to have Aiden in the trailer. For sure. I will say that um, as far as you know, a difficult acting moment. I felt like John Corbett handled it really well when he first runs into her. He's like, oh my gosh, like this is ridiculous. And like he plays it really well. Um, but then when they had their dinner, yeah. I was I don't feel like Aiden would just be like, you're sexy. Like no. I, I don't know. I felt I I really felt for the actor because I was like, you were not dealt an easy hand. I think you played it as well as you could play it. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't make sense to me that Carrie would even go on the date to begin with. I feel like maybe she'd bring Miranda with her. Uh, Just, I don't know. I just feel like she wouldn't do that, especially like make sure that she looks like extra nice. And I don't know, just her behavior doesn't really make sense to me. Um. I was trying to think about this too. And I was like, what would, what would I do? And not that I'm like always the, the, you know, the model of good behavior, but. So if one of your exes, you were in a foreign country, one of your exes said, Hey, do you want to have, you know, dinner? I would 100% just because there's something so cool about running into someone in a foreign country. I would 100% see them, but I would definitely have my friends there too. Yep. They all knew him or her. Like yeah. for in my case, if it was someone that I dated, whether or not it was just for a little bit or a long time, whether or not my friends had met them or not, I'd be like, this is so bonkers. Let's all hang out. It'll be such a fun night. Yeah. But I, it wouldn't be like a date one-on-one. And it also wouldn't be where, I mean, Carrie looked hot as all get out and looked 
like she was on a mission to look yeah, at it was so weird well and and I I feel like it's one thing I guess to meet with one of your exes it's another thing to meet with somebody you were literally engaged to that I, I mean I agree with Charlotte I think that's playing with fire mm-hmm. well and the way she reacts to um Charlotte and um Miranda when they get off the elevator after having the spa day and she's so mean to them I mean Charlotte when she said when Carrie says to Charlotte like just because you're worried about your marriage and you can see Charlotte just crumble and Miranda handles that whole thing so well like Miranda is getting an A in the friend department in this movie Mm -hmm. yeah and uh and so they go to the Sioux it's called uh and oh they each get assigned a servant and I thought that was really cringe too that Carrie gets assigned this servant who is his wife's in India he can't afford the plane flight to see her uh but he's still like happy and uh pleasant to be around <laughs> and uh and you think of how she was complaining because big butter you know expensive television you know it and she has a bonus apartment <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know it just it just was not great plot element i don't think we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. He can't even always afford to visit her every three months. I, I thought that actor was really good. I thought he was also just like a cutie pie. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing of, oh, I can't leave until you dismiss me. And like Carrie just, I don't know, the whole thing, it's so uncomfortable. That sort of status stuff makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, I got, he was more interesting than any of the characters in the movie. He was like, can we watch the movie? Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also confiscate Samantha's drugs for menopause uh, at the airport. And I don't know, like, I have known a lot of women that have went through menopause. I have never seen anybody that was so out of control as uh as samantha is like literally just like sweating as if she was in a sauna i i know that all this stuff isn't pleasant but i don't know i feel like it's way extreme yeah and i think that for her as you were saying because she's so focused on sex now that she like is not really having a libido she feels like i think she's like who am i without Mm -hmm. this yeah and so Carrie buys a pair of shoes for $20 and she can't believe it. She's shocked. And that she also leaves her passport there. And so that comes in later. And 
Uh, and uh, then uh, they go to the karaoke club. And I, I, yeah, it was really cringe. I am woman, hear me roar in the karaoke bar. They really thought they were doing something there. They really, really yeah. did. And it was so awkward to think how they thought that was going to be a triumphant moment for women everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, and so they go on the camel ride and, uh, it was just, you see that scene in the trailer of, of Charlotte getting a call from Harry in the middle of the desert. Uh, then they also get made this basically like this feast and they're just being like waited on hand and foot. It was just uncomfortable. After a costume change in the middle of the desert, because they right. need change, it was just like what? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and you have that scene with uh, with uh, Carrie, the her her servant is literally holding an umbrella over her head. I don't know. It was just kind of like, and she's like, "I'm going to walk ahead a little bit on my own." Couldn't you have just said, "I'm going for a walk by myself, yeah. put on some sunblock, or I'll hold the umbrella myself." Mm-hmm. yeah so this is when uh the we get the scene uh between miranda and charlotte getting drinks and saying how do women without help do it uh is uh in when she when charlotte says the first thing she thought of when samantha said about uh about aaron was that oh i can't lose the nanny yeah i if, mean uh, if harry had an affair with her I thought that this scene was was really well acted. It felt a little heavy-handed, but I thought that it this the heart and the spirit of it. You know, I'm not a mom, but I can only imagine how difficult it is and um I think that it was a wonderful bonding moment for these two characters and such a true friendship moment that it's nice to see that wasn't superficial yeah yeah and uh we also find out carrie doesn't have a wedding ring and i i forgot that if that was true in the last movie uh that they she didn't have a wedding ring uh but uh then she goes out with aiden and they kiss uh she, they do say it's the best mahama mara uh, i've ever had and if you uh, if you haven't had mahama mara I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. You should definitely go have it. It is the best. Maybe when uh, when you come out for Sundance, yeah. we could go. There's this place called Maza in Salt Lake that has the best Mahamara I've ever had. It's I've so never- good. Great. It's like this um, red pepper dip that is just to die for. Oh my gosh, I can't so wait. Good. So good. I'll wait until then to have it because yeah, I've got my whole life so far so I can wait another it's couple. So weeks. good. I think you could put it on just about anything and it would be delicious. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Um and so then Carrie tells Big and I mean like I said this this movie is very like pro Big because I felt for him there. Yeah, and I thought that it actually was a very realistic way for that character to receive the news and very well played. Yeah. Um, when he's like, I'm at work, Carrie. Like, he's not going to yell, but he takes it in. And I don't know, do you think that she should have told him? Yes. 
I do because first of all, you don't want it to come out from somebody else because multiple people know that that's, that's true. If it was just between her and Aiden, then maybe no, but now multiple people know, and you would hate for him to find out from someone else. And also, I don't know. I just feel like it's the right thing to do. I found it tricky that it's like the way she called him up in the middle of the night though. I mean, it was middle of the night for her. Yeah. Maybe wait until she got home to tell him. Yeah. And I feel like she tells the whole story and it's like, I don't know. There was just something about it that it was like, Oh, is this more for you or more for big? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so then Samantha gets arrested and she's just so annoying in this whole Abu Dhabi thing uh, that, you know, she's like throwing out condoms and saying, I have sex, I have sex. And like, it's just so disrespectful. Yes. And I feel like they tried to combat the women not knowing anything about the culture with Cynthia Nixon's character with Miranda being like, oh, this little fact, but that seems so heavy handed and icky. It's just so weird that I could sort of go with the fact that because she doesn't have a a job currently and she is someone who like might want to learn about things. I kind of was like, maybe I can go with this, but just the way it was done was like, they were trying to balance out the fact that they were just yeah icky icky, icky. and and then the whole thing with the uh the women and the burkas having these like designer clothes underneath i don't know it just felt it didn't feel real it didn't feel it felt cringy it was so actively upsetting yeah it was bad it was bad and so she finds her passport and uh and then uh they they end up wearing the veils which is also really cringy disrespectful uh to get out and then carrie gets a cab with her leg which also was oh my God. terrible i oh who <laughs> why did they do this yeah, it, it was bad. only 2010 like this was like i still <laughs> think even then Someone should have been like, I don't know, guys, does this seem a little weird to you? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then like, it would have been cool if they had sort of learned that there is for the women that choose to wear the veil and that, because sometimes it's forced upon women and then it's, that's not positive, but the, when they choose to wear the veil, it can be an empowering moment for them. And uh, I remember, I can't remember the name. I wish I knew, uh, but in college, I watched a documentary uh, by this really feminist woman that was unveiling and, uh, and she was expecting to be kind of like scandalized and, you know, like this expose. Um, And she ended up uh, actually being like shocked that some of the most like talented and empowered women uh, that she met were had chosen by themselves to veil and uh, they had their religious reasons for doing it and uh and so it's not like it's inherently demeaning i think that's a really great point that that i mean especially with 
cultural perspectives that we don't understand. Yeah. It's very easy for us to be like, I don't get that or um, it is demeaning or whatever the case may be. But we also need to like take a look at our own culture and, and maybe be like, well, what things do we do? Like, do I wear makeup and do my hair because I like it or because I'm like trying to like have some sort of like standard notion of what beauty is in this patriarchal culture. Yeah. Like there's so many things that we can dismantle within our own culture and within ourselves mm-hmm. before we go judging other cultures. Yeah. And yeah. I do understand if you want to, um, this sense of like wanting to empower other people or especially mm-hmm. other women, but we also have a lot of work to do in our own well, society. And- And in this documentary, she's interviewing this woman who she thinks is like this really strong, empowered woman uh, wearing, wears modern clothes. And, and she shows this woman, the picture of the woman in the, in the veil, in the uh, broken and the, the, the modern woman says, Oh, I wish I had that much faith. I wish I, I, I wish I like, she was envious of the Mm -hmm. woman who chose to veil. And so I, and I appreciated that documentary at the time because it was like, it's always refreshing when a documentarian and it reads true to the, to the, uh, authenticity of the document documentary, when the director allows herself to be surprised, you know, then you don't feel like, oh, she set out to say this message and that's the message that she's, you know, going to craft. That's, that's usually documentaries that don't work. Whereas she didn't have some kind of resolution that she was seeking to defend she was literally out there to learn and the learning surprised her and that's how you know it's a good documentary and i really should find out what the name of that documentary is because it's been since like 2000 uh, since i saw it but anyway i always remember that that she was so surprised that this modern woman was literally envious of the the veiled woman so i don't know that kind of nuance is not something you get in this movie <laughs> that's for sure no no it's not no uh, and uh so then she gets home and big gives her a ring a uh, black diamond and uh and makes her take a vow and it was kind of nice when he said uh that he had made a vow and that he took that seriously um because i i I think sometimes uh, we forget that, that, uh, that marriage can seem uh, in, in marriage can seem disposable, but there is really something really important about making a vow. Yeah. And I think that big, that's sort of his opportunity to show Carrie that like, this is different for him than his other marriages. And, and- yeah and you see them in uh in uh the apartment talking uh watching talk of the town which is kind of because i love that movie talk of the town it's so funny and uh, you see the clip of them them watching that movie together and uh so that was a nice way to end a not great movie (laughs) yes i mean just the fact that we'd come to the end was just a blessing um it's kind of crazy though now Jax. we have now officially reviewed everything sex in the city uh official yes because uh i think carrie diaries is more sort of fan fictiony but it'll be fun to talk about it nonetheless yeah i'm interested to see because we know that aiden is back 
for and just like that. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's true. We know that. Okay, yeah. it's true. That does make me excited because I will say, even though I did not like this plot line at all in Sex and the City Two, uh, he's so great, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens between them and then just like that yeah it will be interesting it'll be interesting so well if you're listening let us know what you think of sex and city too we would love to hear your thoughts in the comments uh or on twitter at sick girls pod and uh jacks where can people find you at jacqueline c tweets on twitter and jacqueline collier on instagram great and you can find me at rachel's reviews all over social media itunes youtube and on rotten tomatoes and make sure you're following the podcast, the Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. And we also have the patron group, which is such a great support. And the merch store, you can get City Girls Pod merch. So check that out. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>